Welcome to the I Like the Way You Think podcast, where we take a deeper look into the lives of three Black women as they go through life. Come hang out with us. We say what you're thinking out loud and discuss all the topics you already talk about. I'm Laverne. I'm Janisha. I'm Elaine. Now let's get into today's podcast. Welcome back to the I Like the Way You Think podcast. Last episode was kind of interesting. It took a turn. It didn't really uh, go where we initially wanted it to go, but it went to a good place. Y'all think? I I think it did. I agree. Yeah, I I think it was interesting. I definitely want to have our church hurt conversation because clearly it is a soft subject for a few of us. But um, yeah, that was an episode. Huh? Why not say all? Okay, all. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it affects us all the same way. Maybe it does. I don't know. It Maybe. doesn't affect us all the same way for sure, but like. Okay. So sure. I don't know if I'm us. hurt or disgusted or disappointed. You see what, exactly. And that's why okay, I didn't want to say all of us. Hurt or church scorn. Cha, anyways, um, we had talked about that. Disgust. We're definitely going to delve into it more because clearly it is a hot topic in this here podcast, but it was all about love, the different kinds of love, our representations of love growing up and how we express and receive love. This week, the co-hosts actually don't know what we're talking about, so I'm leaving it. They're coming in blind, three blind mice, ew. but the topic... <laughs> <laughs> the quote that I wanted to pick today is from Tana Hesse Coates from the book The Water Dancer. And the quote says, And watching this silently, as my as was my way, I marveled at the bonds between us, the way we shortened our words or spoke sometimes with no words at all, an entire world of our own, hidden away from them. And to be a part of that world, I felt even then was to be in on a secret. A secret that was in you. Y'all get the quote? Yes or no? I'm like, Frank. no. I will read it again because I'm not going to lie. I did have to read it multiple times. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So again, and watching this silently, as was my way, I marveled at the bonds between us, the mm-hmm. way we shortened our words or mm-hmm. spoke sometimes with no words at all. Mm-hmm. An entire world of our own hidden away from them. And to be a part of that world, I felt even then was to be in on a secret, a secret that was in you. It's giving secret gardens, you know that song? Okay. How did? Oh, 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 oh. No, nope, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no more singing, babes. That was no more Deborah Cox. Not secret, and the song's definitely not Secret Garden. <laughs> definitely not called a Secret Garden at all. <laughs> See, no, I was thinking about another song. It didn't come out, so I went with Deborah Cox instead. Oh, oh. you weren't gonna relay that to us. You, you no. were just gonna. I thought you guys. Music? I thought you guys knew, but I guess not. So okay. I'm glad that that's okay. clarified. But carry on, you lady. I mean, the key. In we don't have the telecommunication. So. We don't have the telepathy. Is that yeah. telepathy? Telepathy. No. But I thought we were doing what Elaine's quote was that like I was just we had a little understanding don't and the words just get smaller and oh. yeah. So about your quote is definitely talking about some type of intimate relationship where they have that wavelength. The intimate relationship is blackness. Oh, that's deep. Okay. I like so blackness. 
essentially the quote is talking about AAVE, where Black people have created this kind of language where we shorten our words, we speak in a certain way, and to be a part of this community, it's almost like we're in a we're in a, like a secret society. And so, oh oh oh, I see arms are folding. Please explain your arm folding. Because you know the sensitive this this topic makes me very sensitive. I'm very sensitive to this topic. Before I even delve into what I want to talk about today, obviously, along with this month being the month of love, it is the month of Black history. And so there's been a lot of, oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. The same way you shut down Denisha's song, I'm shutting down yours. Okay, babes? Thank you so much. I'm the editor, so I might not even put in your audio right there. Anyways, <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys before I get into the actual topic, what do you define as Black culture? Well, Black culture is not a monolith. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, There are various Black people that are spread across the world, Um, Mm -hmm. but there are universal truths in terms of what being Black is. African-American Black culture is, I would say, one of the most popular cultures alongside Mm -hmm. um, Caribbean, West Indian culture, Mm -hmm. and to some extent, West African culture as well. But I feel like the other parts and where Black people are, those cultures are not necessarily dominant in the media and society. Definitely. Okay. I mean, a lot of West Indian and African American culture is rooted from West African culture, just because it is. It is. Yeah. There are a lot of people. Well, you know what? Do we even want to really want to talk about this? Because, um, you know, there is also a new movement, the founding no. Black no. Americans. Okay, nope. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. Nope. Okay. My no, I'm just saying. No, I'm not about listen, it. Listen, listen. I'm the lead host. I'm the lead host. I'm gonna tell y'all where we're going. Don't get ahead of yourself. Okay. So, my next follow-up question to, to the what is black culture is: Is there a difference between blackness and heritage? All skin folk are not kinfolk. This is true. Mm -hmm. I love how I said that to you once and you have like really held on to that. No, it's not just, it's not just you that said it. Like I've seen it all the time. And even contemporarily, I've, I've seen it recently where there was like a recruiter who lowballed another black woman and bragged about it and it blew up on her. So Again, all I think I saw the story today. Yeah. Uh, she had mm-hmm. a larger budget, but she only yes. gave what the girl offered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the girl didn't know yeah. to negotiate. And instead of her taking the th- 30 seconds to tell her, hey, you know, the budget actually has, you know, this amount, she decided not to, gave her the job, and then hopped on social media and wrote about it. It was like 1.30, and the girl asked for like 85. Like yeah. Crazy. Okay, so that is so there is a difference between blackness and heritage. You're saying, Laverne? Yeah, because what what I would consider as blackness might be different to someone who is is black in Europe. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just it's hard for me to articulate it because I feel like all of our heritage 
it's it's different from one another. And if I were, or if you guys were to take something from my culture, um, being Trini and Bajan, I feel like that would cause friction. Likewise, if I were to take something from Elaine or um, Laverne's culture without giving it its proper, like, origin story or giving it giving like it per- it homage yeah yeah so I feel like that's where it would differ I'm not sure how to, how to articulate that but yeah I also feel like it's nuanced because and I was thinking about this in the shower the other day weird I know but when you talk to a Canadian because of the way that Canadian society is we don't ask you to assimilate to be a Canadian because really what is a Canadian, but your mm-hmm. ethnicity or your nationality prior to is what we focus on. And you're allowed to practice that. You're allowed to be that. You know what I mean? Um, as opposed to maybe at home, America, hmm? at home, <laughs> mm, no, as opposed to America and the British, once you step foot in their soil, you need to assimilate quickly. <laughs> like you you will see black americans that will be like nah man i'm i'm american okay um you'll see brits that are like no i'm black british i think that's okay. gonna shift but i can see where you're coming from i think sure. the tides are turning or have turned um, I think so. canada is very guys, you no i agree with the, their the African constituency the uk they are very much so african no i agree with what you're saying but i disagree with um Laverne in terms of Canada I I feel like we are more welcomed to be like I am Canadian but there is no Canadian there is no Canadian identity like there's no Canadian identity where I could turn to you and say like yeah most Americans have this character trait and then when you look at the other ethnic groups that are in America they do share that that trait um same for the British but when you come to Canada it's again it's oh, I'm Jamaican Canadian, or oh, I'm Trini Canadian, or oh, I'm, I'm Zimbabwean Canadian, like. But when you, but when you look at like popular media, or if you look at any billboard, you're going to see white people <laughs> as the being the personification of Canada. It's only maybe recently where things are more multicultural, but like majority of our biggest TV shows are centered around whiteness. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, what I mean. I think you guys are both saying similar things. Not similar, but both points are true. Mm-hmm. Because when I do think about being a Canadian, I never felt the need to assimilate like what Laverne is saying. But then Agreed. also when I think of being Canadian, it is an affinity towards whiteness, which I feel no pressure towards, but it's also like I feel like that's why we have to make the distinction of oh no, I'm yeah. Zimbabwean Canadian. Yeah. Because there's a difference between just being Canadian and then yeah. being X place Canadian. You know what I'm saying? yeah so anyways um so there is a difference between blackness and heritage for UB yeah okay the reason why I wanted to kind of have a conversation of blackness black culture and whether or not it should be gate kept sorry sorry can I can I answer that question um like in another way too um I just wanted to to okay you with why yes for me is because so in Jamaica, they have our, our motto is out of many one people. But just for context, that was happening during slavery to, to allow that to be a thing. But anyways, um, because nationally, sorry, heritage is not the same as blackness because someone can be from Jamaica, but not be black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 
very good point. Very good point. So the reason why I personally have felt like I wanted to talk about the differences and should blackness be gatekept and all that stuff, black culture more specifically, is because there's been like diaspora wars right now. I don't know why, but I'm finding it very hard to be black. This is going to sound so weird because I am black by default. I was born this way. There's nothing I could do about it. But there's some things that it's like, oh, this is your card into blackness. Or, you know, there's a saying of, oh, black card revoked. Why are you revoking it for me? I'm, I'm, I'm black. I'm, I was born this way. Like, what is blackness? Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time as of late relating, like, not necessarily relating, but claiming black culture. And then also being upset when other people come into Black culture because of certain qualifying characteristics, but then being demonized for the same characteristics that those other people were qualified for. So let's say there's a white person and if they can dance, oh, you're invited to the cookout. No, God forbid, I love to read and I love to read whatever. Oh girl, Black card revoked. So what is Blackness, y'all? That's what I'm confused. Let me just say, that's why for me, Anybody's getting no invitation to nowhere into black culture for me. I gatekeep black culture unless you want to pay a very hefty fine and ha- sign a very hefty contract oh and a very gosh. hefty exit strategy. Um, yeah, no, sorry, but <clears throat> go ahead. This topic really touches me deep because I, I guess I kind of have like a radicalist view. Same girl. Um, extremely, extremely of the opinion that we need to gatekeep Black culture. Yeah. Um, I guess it gets funny because people are like, okay, but what is Black culture? It's not something you can explain. You just know. And I think that's part of the problem because the same reason why someone can say, you know, oh, somebody wearing cornrows is appropriating Black culture is the mm-hmm. same reason I can say, you know, someone someone using AAVE is appropriating Black culture. Um, or a Black scent. Or having a Black scent. And it's like, again, white supremacy has really done a number on our community because like Elaine said, if you are the type of person that likes to read and you're considered a nerd, that's not Black. Why is that not Black? We can't be intelligent. Like, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. It's crazy. Or when you see um, people that don't have our texture hair, like Afro kinky hair, curly hair, wearing bonnets. Why are you wearing bonnets? Your hair is fine. <laughs> Y'all know I'll die on a hill for a bonnet dress. No, but like, and these are the things. And the problem is that as Black people, as a group, and that's why I started this, this conversation off by saying uh, we are not a monolith, we haven't even come to, to, to an agreement on what is acceptable because here's what triggered me. I was watching Love and Hip Hop Miami. Oh, gosh. Yes, I was. triggering itself. <laughs> and um, I guess the rapper Nori or Norie, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a He's a legend, apparently. I'm not fond of his music. Um, but he has a... Is he Haitian? No, I don't know. He, he presents okay. as... No, no, no. He's Puerto Rican. He's Black Puerto Rican. Okay. Afro-Puerto Rican. Okay. So he's Afro-Latino. And his wife presents as a white 
Latina. And um, Ace Hood's wife, Sheila Marie, was meeting with Princess. Love her. Yeah, I love her so she's much. Mixed. <laughs> she's mixed. Um, white mom, black dad. And she was meeting with Princess, Princess Love. This is Ray J's ex-wife, probably by now. Um, she's black and Filipino. And Sheila Marie was talking about, you know, she has a brand and she's having a retreat. And she's a hell of a lot of mixture in this group. <laughs> <Girl. laughs> no, I'm, I'm explaining it to Woo. you guys. And this, this conversation really irked me because they spent two to three episodes on this like it was an issue. Mm-hmm. Sheila Marie invited Princess to this retreat for Black women. Rages. Yes. For oh, black oh, women. Oh, I remember what yes. you're talking about. And then yes, Mary, yes. this is Nori's wife, who who presents as white Latina, was offended because she's like, oh, you're sitting at the table, you're explaining about this wonderful retreat, and you're like, it's black women prioritized, meaning I can't come. No. And then Princess and Mary meet in a separate scene and start talking about, oh, you know, but Mary has black children, so Mary should be able to come. When Sheila specifically no. said, oh my she specifically God. said, I'm triggered. <coughs> she specifically said, this particular retreat is for Black women. I do host other retreats, but this particular retreat is for Black women because the women that are in this space said that they do not feel comfortable when allies come because they're not able to be vulnerable and be themselves. They feel as though they're always having to accommodate for other people and they're not able to do what they need to do for their healing in their safe space. She literally this, said that. And this is the thing, right? <clears throat> no, hold on, hold on, hold on. And they made, again, they made it a big issue for the next three to four episodes. She talked to her husband. They talked, her and her and Princess talked about it again. They went back to Sheila Marie and the two of them tried to gang her. And Sheila Marie was like, no, I'm sorry. She cannot come. Sheila Marie is the evil one. Because their parents, their parents, if their parents were able to learn what it was to raise a black daughter, it would have been great. Yes, I agree. But that retreat was not for that. And this is why two episodes ago, I made it clear that affinity to Black people does not make a Black person. Don't think just because I have Black children or I am betrothed to a Black human, therefore now I'm a part of Black culture. What? And also, this is going to be so controversial for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. The whole concept of the one drop rule this is this is this is a thing. This is a thing because well, child, that's a topic for another day. We're not going to get into that in this episode. No, we're not going to get it. I'm not going to go deep into it. But the whole I want people to understand how deeply intrinsic white supremacy is into black culture. Mm. Like even the way in which we relate to one another. When kids who are mixed are told oh, you're, you're not white enough or you're not black enough. You're simultaneously. Never, yeah, simultaneously. You're Imagine. never enough. Like, it's- And then you have parents, mainly the one who, usually it's the one who's not black, who will 
they don't know what to do with that. And then they further, and then they kind of have this like colorblind parenting technique with I their child. And that's color. very damaging. Do you know how racist it is to say that you don't see color? <sighs> when I look in the mirror and I see black, you look in the mirror and you see white. Forget the, oh, the hell you don't when I'm color. up on these streets. I'm I'm black. They see they see my color. You see me? <laughs> <laughs> you see me? I see you. Do you see me? No, I get that. This type of these topics vex me. I'm not even gonna lie to you. These topics vex me because it's so deep. And and what hurts me too is that oh, the black community is so accepting of every other race, but every other race is not accepting of black community. And when you hear like some people will say to you, "Oh, you know, like oh, like they just my parents were in a different era, or my grandparents were in a different era." if you're if they were in a different era they were closer to like um slavery like the the further back your parents or whatever which means that whatever ignorant connotations that they may have they're spreading that to you and so here's my thing right not always not not always again all, all cases aren't the same not always however you can't be without, you can't, you can't be without, like you can unlearn things, but that would have to be like an active thing. And this is the issue with when people want to create black centered spaces and people who claim that they're allies, because what's your, that example in itself, you're not an ally because if you're, you don't have to understand everything. The simple fact that black women want to come together and just be free in their own, like, and mm-hmm. their own experiences without having to filter what they're saying. And like, and the thing is when we express ourselves, if any other woman, it doesn't just have to be white women. If any other woman is in that space and she starts making a fit, everybody swoons to the to the woman who is not black and so again you're taking more space away from us when you didn't even originally have to be included you could have kept your whining respectively where you're at and we could have done our healing over here let me share a little story right I was talking to my therapist one time actually it was after George Floyd and that we that took a major mental toll on me I bought every single time, every single time, every single time, anything that has to do with Black Lives Matter, anything that has to do with the life of a Black man, a Black woman, child, whatever, I'm always bawling, always, that's why I just, I can't listen to the news, I already know what it is, I don't need proof of what, what's going on, and so, like, I try to, like, you know, but I was talking to my, I was talking to my therapist about it, and she was just like, you know what, she was telling me a story about how during that time within her own organization, they were, they were facilitating a space um, by Black therapists, for Black therapists. And they made it very clear that just let, let them have this, let them hold this space for each other. And so to ensure that they did that, um, they were trying to make it so that everybody could like, without being like, is everybody black up here? <laughs> They're trying to make it, um, have people participate to kind of like gauge them. And if people were there who weren't black, then they would just ask them like, you know, disrespect the space. There was a person who stayed mute the entire conversation. And by the end of the conversation, this white woman unmuted herself and she said, I know I'm not supposed to be here. I know you guys shared a lot of traumatic stories, but I was just really curious about it. So that's why I was here. 
And then she just left. Do you know how invasive that is? You know how much entitlement that is? And so, Laverne, you saying that, yes, the Black community heavily, heavily, heavily has the after effects. And some people still, um, some people still operate in like white supremacist ideals of what it is to survive as a black person Mm -hmm. the people the people who aren't black are the same way too there's this entitlement that they have that they feel like they don't even have to question once they enter our culture a lot of black a lot of what makes black culture and it is a nuanced kind of like definition but a lot of what makes black culture black culture is black struggle Mm. and so the fact that when we create art, when we create spaces, when we have opinions, when we express ourselves with our hair, our clothes, our dialogue, a lot of that has been from survival. And then here you are cosplaying Black and feeling like you're entitled to that because you've never had to filter yourself. You've never had to make yourself small in a space because it was given to you on a silver platter. It is so, then, so, so unfair. That's why oh, I asked the question. question. Can I add on something too? And it's interesting that you say that because the cosplaying black thing is crazy to me. Blackfishing, um, I believe Juana Thompson, she came up with that word. She's from Toronto. She's a Toronto-based writer. And it's crazy because that's what the Kardashians did. Everything that Black men said they did not like about Black women or everything that the world, society said they do not like about Black women, they they repackaged it and sold it back to us. But they also were given that, though, because they praised it in non-Black people. So it's not like they had the yes. best plan. They were given the handbook by the niggas. Sorry. Wait, run that back to me again? But the she- niggas are like, oh, I don't like a woman who... Oh, looks this way, acts this way, da 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 but praise it in a non-Black individual. So they, I yes, I do agree with you, they did package it and resell it, but they were also given that by Black men who affirmed them in those actions. Like, oh yeah, no, but you're different. You're, you know, you're exotic. You're, ooh. And, and this is, this is what annoys me because oh, I even see it on TikTok sometimes where like, Look here, Laverne, don't make me start with the TikTok foolishness now. Or, wait, or wait, wait, wait. People that are not Black, non-Black, mm-hmm. are speaking on Black issues. And they're being gassed up and encouraged. And I'm not saying there's, there's a difference with being a genuine ally and you're talking with the aim of providing awareness of something and then there's just cosplaying black because you want to have some imaginary membership to black culture and it's Mm -hmm. okay so i'm gonna challenge two things that have been brought up in this conversation okay first challenge would be (laughs) oh the feathers mercy ruffled um if we're saying we're creating a space that is for black people one what defines blackness like Laverne was saying there's a problem with the one drop rule because it literally could just be one drop and the person clings onto that one drop and is like (laughs) I am black okay I am black but then on the other hand Denisha had said blackness can be tied to black plight 
But the reality is there's a lot of Black people who didn't experience Black play. You know what I mean? Like for me, one thing that I struggle with sometimes is using the N-word. And I'm not, I'm not getting in a debate of whether or not the word should be used. I feel like if we're going to eradicate it, it's by all people. But there are a lot of Black people. Hold on. There are a lot of Black people who are not descendants of slaves. Therefore, the N-word is not one for us to reclaim because that is not what was used towards us. But when they're, on, so when they're on foreign soil, they are the N-word. No, yeah. okay, <laughs> yes, I understand that. But I'm saying like, there's even differences of like, can an African claim, like if there were yes. to be reparations to Black Americans, can immigrants claim reparations yes no, they can I don't, don't let me go there you don't let me go there go there i that's the point of the topic go there i'm trying to challenge these thoughts go there again so even the concept of you know a movement that's coming out foundational black americans i don't agree with it and the reason why I don't agree with it is because i really believe that it's a fight from the CIA to the France to let us um, oh fight in our community inwards. Because you're gonna tell me that, okay, <laughs> we're both, our, our ancestors were both stolen from Nigeria, both stolen from Ghana, the, the, the West Coast of Africa. And my ancestors ended up in Jamaica and yours ended up in Amer- what we now know as America. Um, and so, you're entitled to you're entitled to reparations, but I'm not when I also experienced slavery. Okay, so to tell to challenge that thought, add me into the equation. Would I be privy to reparations? None of my ancestors were taken from nowhere. But you are now in Canada experiencing the the backlash or experiencing what occurred after slavery still. It's not as if racism and and the systems that be in the institutions are done with. You, Mm -hmm. as a Black person, are still experiencing racism. And racism Mm -hmm. came forth from slavery. Or because... Also, I think, think like, one of the the main foundations of foundational um, Americans is that they built America. And so many immigrants, and that's what I was going to say, that's what I was going to say is that like, oh my God, immigrants come to, um, to the new world and they put in a lot of work. A lot of them have to start from ground zero and build all the way back up, um, building on the like Canada, America, whatever's economy. And so I feel like, yeah, you guys would be entitled to reparations if there were any. Uh, what I also mentioned um, is because I was also in a, I don't know if you guys know, there was this chat that was going on Twitter spaces for over 24 hours where this guy was like, how does Black people immigrating to America um, benefit Black Americans or something along the lines of that? And 24 hours, he was there talking foolishness. like, And then the West Africans got a hit of it and they came and they cussed them out in pigeon, in, in tree, in every, Igbo, Yoruba, everything. So... The whole conversation about that is the ignorance in which, because one of the things he said was, um, well, why don't you guys, you guys come here and make millions. Why don't you make millions over there? And my thing is that you're completely ignoring the socio-political, economic 
issues that the global North has created in Africa. Mm-hmm. And saying ignorant statements like that, right? And it's also, it's also like, uh, there was something, uh, another point that he made, and I was just like, like, could you really believe this? Oh, he was like, yeah, like, um, yes, I remember now. He was like, oh, civil rights, we Black Americans, we fought for civil rights. I said, did you know that um, Malcolm X is half Grenadian? So by definition, is he considered a foundational Black American? Because he led one of the civil rights movements mm-hmm. in America. So you see how that that's like, it, it doesn't really work. It doesn't really work. And I'm pretty sure there were many undocumented and even documented immigrants who were a part of the Million Man March. And I said, and when I even looked at it too, I said, when you look at the racial population in America, African-Americans, you guys are like 14%. You guys are like the second or third lowest racial group in America. You need black immigrants to come to America because right now you guys do not have the numbers, period. That's why they can go to Congress and they can say, oh, we don't want to teach them critical race theory and it can pass. You don't have the numbers, sweetie. You need the numbers. Granted, back again with the colonialism foolishness, a lot of immigrants do go to America and do act like they are better than Black Americans and have this concept that, oh, Black Americans are lazy. They should have had reparations a long time ago. They should have been able to do this. They should have been able to do that. That is wrong. Hear me when I say that. But my thing is... um, you, we're not getting anywhere when we're doing tit for tat because let me tell you something in the mind of a racist cop they're not stopping to ask are you black or are mm-hmm. you no sorry are you black american are you afro-caribbean are you uh from africa they don't care they're gonna deal with you same way regardless all they see is black and in a racist mind that's that's enough for them this is true. This is true. So, so I, that's why I don't understand this whole debate, debacle, whatever you want to call it, any other D word you want to call it, because it's foolishness to me. It's well, I don't get the foundational black one because I thought they had the DOS one as well. Yeah, like they have that ADOS. Guy, or anyways, and DOS is descendants of slaves for anybody who didn't know that. But um, so yeah, back to the initial point of what I wanted to start. I thought you guys could go on about what are your guys's. I know you can, and that's great. The, the whole point is for us to have an open discussion and hopefully people with differing opinions or similar opinions chime in as well. We definitely want to hear your guys' thoughts. But when I think of like the need to gatekeep, because I agree with Denisha and probably Laverne thinks the same way where we do need to gatekeep Black culture. How can we do that and also affirm different types of people within the Black community? Because like Laverne said, Blackness is not a monolith. Like, the black community is not a monolith. It's not a one kind of story, one type of story, you know? But if we're gonna let people, maybe not we, if some people are gonna let other people who have the same qualities that disqualify some of us who are black from the black community, like how how does that help anybody? How can we stop that? How can we become one people, not sharing one story, but how can we be one people? Okay, the first thing I want to say is it's okay to, it's okay to be pro-Black. Um, being pro-Black doesn't mean that you're anti-anything else. It just means mm-hmm. that you're pro-Black. And the reason why I want to preface what I'm going to say with that is because when you look at other communities, they work together. They, they don't allow people to infiltrate. 
period. If I was, and this is where intersectionality comes in. If I was a, if I was presenting as a white Jewish lady, I'm pretty sure all I'd have to do is go to my Jewish community and say, hey, like I need a job. By the time I say I need a job, I have one. Do I ha- even have to do an interview? Everybody does that except everybody for the- does that except for black people. Well, and not all I- black people. I won't say like all, but I'm. I will say this though, because I really don't want to stray from like the fact that oh, it's black people who have the problem. No, it's white supremacy that has instigated it and whatever. But um, I find that it's the black community who gets the most scrutiny for doing things like that, and often have yeah. to bear the grunt of those decisions. I agree. Because when, yeah. you look at, when you look at things like, we're looking at black hair. Black hair is a multi-billion dollar industry. And oftentimes you may ask yourself, why aren't there more black owned hair stores? Simple. Because the Koreans and the Chinese, they gatekeep. They absolutely gatekeep. And they say, look, we know this industry costs a lot of money and we know how to make these products for cheap. Um, So if you're going to get the products, you're going to have to run it through us first. And so their community gets the lowdown discount on products. And then we have to pay just above wholesale price, not even wholesale price, just above wholesale price. And then we have to sell it back to our community. And let's be honest. Our community loves a good bargain. So a lot of people, they'll be like, mm, you know, I really want to support black owned, but you know, Mr. Chin has it for so much. I'm going to go get $2 or $3 off because the two or $3 matters because economically as a group, we're not doing well. So we mm-hmm. can't afford to be spending extra on our, he- on our hair care. But then this also goes back to the fact of black culture and black experience because from what I know, I might be ignorant to it, but Black women's relationship with their hair is completely different than any yes. other ethnic group, right? So yeah. Black, if you were to have a some type of business having to do with Black hair, you have to make money because it is so volatile. It is so, like, we need it. We need to take care of our hair. Our hair is our expression, as as Denisha said, it's a part of our identity. It's how we we present ourselves in the in society. So it's very important. And so because of that, it is something that we are not able to gatekeep because the way in which society is tiered. And this again is an example of institutionalized racism. And it's interesting because. We're not anti-black racism, right? It's anti-black racism because even though it may not be white people who are oppressing us, we're being oppressed from a different ethnic group. And this is what I say in terms of how how do I say this without you know? The thing is, economically. We, we have to get to a place where we're willing to, to lose economically in, in the sake of brotherhood or kinship. But because mm-hmm. of, of, you know... Um, you have to make sacrifices for each other. Yeah, because of white supremacy, because of the lack of security in society and all those things, there's a lot of systems working against us. And I know there is someone listening saying, you know, those are excuses. You know, they're, they're, what about the American dream? People are able to push through there are over 
300 million people in the U.S. alone. How many of them do you think are living the American dream? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That is a losing fight. There's a reason why we're considered disenfranchised and marginalized. It's not because we want to. Like, if we could do it in brotherly love, I'm sure there would be a lot of unity. But like we've been saying throughout the conversation, the residual effects of white supremacy put us in a position, position, unfortunately, mentally, socioeconomically, to where even if I wanted to, could I? Could I afford to really die to self for the community? Could I afford to you know like really we also can't do this by ourselves right we, and I we, say that what too. do you mean by ourselves who do we need who okay i'm not saying so, like by a need but we can even talk about slavery no we but, I'm, abolition. but i'm asking who do we no. oh. okay hold Ooh, on I'm gonna answer your i don't know about that i don't know about that okay just delete what she just said no don't delete it was Listen. valid i just don't know about it what did you guys interpret by what I said, I didn't even get to finish. But I didn't even get to finish white my savior. sentence. It sounded like white savior. No, but you get to let me finish my sentence. Damn. No, I'm saying I'm saying that we're talking about allyship, right? We're talking about all these things. To be an active ally, that means that even white people and other POCs who have a higher up than us in like a workspace or even in nonprofit sectors, that means if you guys are really about it, step aside. Maybe decline certain things there because never be a white person in charge of diversity. Exactly, like little things like that. Recognize where you yourself are benefiting from the demise of the black community. That's what I was getting at. I'm not so. Hopefully, that was clarified by slavery. And we're I still her. think I I hear you. I'm mm-hmm. not negating your statement. I would rather say we need more of us to be on the same page rather than we need others. Oh, yeah, 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 Because yeah. I yeah, feel yeah, yeah. like <laughs> our demise as people is the few people who can't get with the dream, who can't get with the vision, you know? The mm-hmm. how, the, 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 there was always a snitch. There mm-hmm. was a snitch during cool. the Black Panther period. Cool. There was a snitch during slavery. I'm going to use snitch. There's always a snitch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if they've seen Black people unite and it work and it threatens them every single time because they know the power we have as a people and it just takes us on one accord to do something so going forward listen niggas and i know i said the thing about like the n-word it was literally just a challenge because i'm gonna say the word i like it but like niggas we need to we need to we need to honestly start being more cognizant of who we let indulge our culture who we let come into our circles what we do within our own circles to each other and validate each other because strength in numbers and they know it and they don't want it they don't want it speak quickly we're almost i I wanted to be like solution based and be like oh well how do we fix this first of all we have to recognize that these are well-oiled machines of oppression number one number two we do need allies we need people to speak up that are not black people that are non-black period so if you are not black you are non-black and if you are non-black you need to start speaking you love our culture so much you need to talk you have black if we talk about the solutions i just wanted to i just wanted to say also with even like with the era of like tiktok and like all of this mass consumption of like 
Black culture that was like, I guess, not accessible to other people until now. Um, majority of the time, even from, because I was before this call, I was even listening to a, watching a pod, not a podcast, watching a documentary called Black Art, which is talking about like how revolutionary it was, I think in the 50s, I might have that wrong, but in the 50s where they had their first Afri African-American museum exhibit um, because they weren't included in other American culture, whatever. But I wanted to say that majority of the time, like Black culture, Black art, all of that stuff, if you're not Black, more times than none, you're consuming it from a white framework. <laughs> and so you're not going to acknowledge the work, the hardships, the struggle, the joy, and why it's so pivotal in our community. All you're doing is grabbing, grabbing, grabbing. I just wanted to make that point that like, yeah okay and my second my second um solution based suggestion is the push for more equity um it's not about equality it's about equity yeah because we're we're realizing that being equal you can never truly be equal if you got a late start in life right yeah. um and that's what happened to black people as a group and so equity or some people may look at it as affirmative action. We need to see more of those. Um, and then there was something that I wanted to say really quickly. <clears throat> what were we talking about? See, guys, that's why y'all should just let me talk. It's fine. Anyways. No, it's not. I love, yes, it is fine. Girl, you act like we can never come and reconvene with this topic again. We can. It's, it's a whole month. It's all right. Um, with that being said, I feel like, this definitely was a good conversation. It's definitely not over. It'll never be over. Even past Black History Month, it'll never be over. But if you guys want to chime in, which I know you probably would for this one, definitely hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at ILTWYTPod on both platforms and send us an email at ILTWYT.podcast at gmail.com. I have all the assurance that we will be back together because Laverne has more to say as she Okay. 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 We love y'all. And I like the way you no, think. No, I don't lead y'all into that. Don't. That, no, that's a you and Laverne thing. Okay. <laughs>